All right, everybody, you've just tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And uh, we'll talk uh, in a little bit about the shirt that is now running for this current week and the next and uh, how it is a, a little little uh, closer to home for us this time around. So we'll make sure that we discuss that and uh, hopefully you'll be encouraged to uh, buy a shirt and help donate some money to a really, really good cause. But uh, we are, uh, of course, in the midst of mini camp. This is the mandatory mini camp. And I must say it is quite refreshing not to have, you know, any certain like running backs in the midst of contract situations not there or anything else like that. I believe everyone is in attendance at uh, the mini camp. So that's kind of a nice change. Um and uh, what else did I want to mention uh, regarding that as well? I, I'll get to all that stuff. But uh, anyway, joining me tonight from uh, extremely hot Las Vegas is Chris. Joining me from extremely hot Portland is Ben. Uh, not two things I thought I would be mentioning in the same sentence. But anyway, uh, Chris, how are things going for you tonight? No, things are all right. My uh, My body just hurts all around, but, you know, we're getting through it here. Um, well, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, you you, you got to stop that uh, that midget wrestling uh, that, that <laughs> no you've way. been involved in lately. And uh, no, I'm no kidding. way. Uh, yeah, and uh, Ben, uh, you, you're surviving the extraordinary heat out there. That's not bad. It's way way better than what I grew up in, so it's not a big deal. Well, yeah, it, it kind of sucks, but it's not like stifling. You know, right. Arizona right. heat, which. Arizona Heat would suck balls if they weren't stuck to your leg. And and on that note, I am going to immediately move on to something else because the visions are just too much for me to bear. Uh, Anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, viewership, uh, viewership, no, listenership, I think is the better term, uh, continues to grow. So thank you very much. And uh, please continue to comment, folks, those of you that do, uh, along the different um formats and stuff we get some comments on youtube and spreaker and and all kinds of stuff and even right over at the site so please continue to do that and uh happy to interact with you and if you got questions you'd like to have answered on the podcast please fire away as well um guys uh mini camp is underway today was uh the second day they'll they'll wrap things up tomorrow and then of course we head into the the uh, the dead period, that period of time where every NFL fan holds their breath, hoping that their team doesn't get in any sort of stupid trouble leading into training camp. Um, but but until that time, we do have some things going on, and and I and I know we have kind of a an interesting uh, uh, thing to to mention here because uh, uh, and and I just want to jump right into it. Uh, it's something called Justin Brown syndrome. Um, Chris, do you, do you remember what Justin Brown's syndrome was? Yeah, he's like the uh, all-star of the off-season, and then when you get into the uh, you know makes the team, and then you go into the uh, you know the real stage and the, the big games, and um, you just don't see the uh, the symmetry lineup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin Brown, of course, was uh, a, a wide receiver who turned a lot of heads uh, in in OTAs and minicamp and and even in training camp and. And then just didn't really pan out. And um, 
you know, Ben, are, are, are we seeing any guys like that right now through two days of minicamp and through several weeks of OTAs? Well, I don't really think we'll know that, you know, until right August, let's say. But, um, I mean, I'd say Sutton Smith is certainly a candidate. Uh, yeah, which part of me, it, I, I think it's not fair yet because we, we really – don't know what he is just yet. You know, they've got him playing fullback. They've got him playing linebacker. I mean, they, you know, they, they know they love him on special teams, but um, yeah, I mean, he probably would based on the hype right now, I guess he would be that guy. Um, But, but then earlier today, there was some discussion about, you know, Steelers uh, fullback and, and special teams guru Rosie Nix actually lining up at the running back position. Um, Chris, how much do you make of that? Um, honestly, it's probably for emergency situations or um, yeah. when he does actually get the ball, make sure that he's just um, muscle memory, you know, making sure that he knows how to con- control the handoff and take the handoff and secure the ball. Um, you never know with goal line situations or short, short yard situations. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just making sure that he's you know, comfortable doing that and taking the handoff. You know, that's an excellent point that I don't think people think about a lot. Uh, Rosie Nix doesn't touch the ball a lot. Um, And, you know, it's not second nature to him the way it is to a player who has been a running back or a fullback his entire career. Remember, he he played in college on the defensive side of the ball. So, yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. Um, Ben, is this just a completely experimental thing going on with Nix, or is there something more serious to it? I agree with Chris. I, I think it's just more about muscle memory and, um, you know, putting him in a situation where if they had to count on him in an emergency, mm-hmm. they could. And, that, you know, that's it. I'm yeah. not reading. I'm reading zero into it. I'm, I, I don't really even think it's worth talking about much. No. And, and I, uh, I certainly did not uh, plan to. Uh, spend much time on it, but it all to me in my mind it kind of correlates with the whole Justin Brown thing. Yeah. That because somebody sees something out of the ordinary, then we all want to jump on that and and you know, A, we want to be the first to claim we saw it. B, we want to be the first to claim that it's gonna happen, you know, and and let things play out. I mean this this is a long process. We, we still have a lot of time left before the, the team actually plays any somewhat meaningful snaps in the preseason. You know, so let things play out and, and let's go from there. Um, a, a little bit of off-the-field stuff, uh, you know, David DeCastro has not been at any of the Phase 3 OTA stuff because his um, his wife gave birth to their second child, and, and so his his first appearances were this week at the, at the minicamp, and uh, I, I love offensive linemen because most of the time they speak the truth, uh, and and the Steelers are very very much part of that. And and sure enough, somebody stuck a microphone in David DeCastro's face, and he was pretty blunt about uh, uh, noticing a real change in the locker room that it just feels different. Um, Chris, we, obviously you're not there; you don't know what that feels like, but. Do you get what he's saying? I mean, do you, do you understand that there's got to be a different vibe there? 
Yeah, um, it, there's no longer individuals. I think Juju said that said it today. There's no longer individuals in there. They're, um, it, it's a team, and um, that, that's huge. Uh, when you go forward, everyone can lean on each other and kind of um, you know bounce the chemistry back and forth, and uh, that's what you want to hear uh, at this time of the season. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, ben was, uh, I don't know if you saw all of his comments, but I mean, he clearly was not thrilled with Brown and his, his uh, sounds pretty excited that he's not there, quite frankly. Um, I, I, heard the whole, said, uh, yeah. I heard the whole interview today on SNR. Um, yeah, I, he seemed pretty upbeat. Um, mm-hmm. He seems to be optimistic about Sean Surrett, which I really liked hearing. Um, yes. Yeah, he seems to be like a lot of the vets right now, just of the mind where he's like, you know what? It's a great time to be a Steeler, and I really want to move past that, so can we go to the next question? Which, that's great. That's that's yeah. where I wish more guys were, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Juju keeps talking about it, and, and I kind of wish – I think it's time for Juju to stop talking about it too. I mean, I love the guy, yeah, but it, it's time to stop answering those questions, Juju. Um, just say, you know, hey – can we just keep this to the, to a conversation about the guys that are here? Um, you know, w- which brings me to another point and, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll ask both of you this since, you know, mm-hmm. we're kind of at a pivot point right now, but uh, mm-hmm. the, I look at the Steelers depth chart this year at wide receiver and granted, you know, you lose a guy like Antonio Brown. That's yeah. You can't just replace that guy with, no. with one player, no. but looking at them from one to six, I think their depth is better this season than it was last year. In particular, when you look at guys like like Hunter and DHB, mm-hmm. who really didn't do anything for you. They were just there taking up space. DHB didn't really do anything on special teams last year, which, you know, really was the reason that they kept him around. Right. That and, you know, his also leadership for the younger players because they weren't getting that out of out of another wide receiver who was you know, a, a fixture, a fixture in the number one slot. So, um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, 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 looking at that group right now, I don't know, man. I, judging by their contracts, I don't think in particular Eli Rogers, it looked to me like they were going to definitely keep him based upon his signing bonus. Uh huh. But do they really need to keep Eli Rogers and Ryan Switzer? I mean, Deontay Johnson can return kicks and punts. Well, yeah, let me swing that to, to, to Chris. Chris, if you just look at, at that depth right now, what do you agree that that depth is, is a little bit better than it was last year? Uh, yeah, especially when you, you get to factor in um, a Tier 3 signing and Dante Moncrief has some mm-hmm. uh, actual experience and we're not just relying on guys that are just getting brought in. Um, via the draft and so uh same with uh, Deontay Johnson getting brought in to uh to help out as well um Johnson can play both inside and out uh Juju can play inside and out uh Moncrief's more an outside guy um Switzer can play inside and out Washington is just an outside guy so there's a lot of guys who can play uh multiple spots so you'd like to see that and uh like Ben said we upgraded from Hunter and DHB um I feel like as well so um regarding the depth definitely better um and I like what I see. And um, with Ryan Switzer, what people don't really realize is that he could play inside and out. He's not just. You think so? I he, I don't I don't see him play in the X. Do you really think so? Yeah. Last year when he did, he uh, he got some serious separation. Um, 
in a few games. I have to go back and see which games they were, but um, I was talking to someone via DM and he was sending me a whole bunch of clips uh, of it because I didn't believe him. And I was um, like starstruck almost like, wow, I didn't realize that that happened. Huh. I don't think that would be ideal. I think in a pinch. No, definitely yes, not. Yes. But I, uh, you know, a um, couple things, you know, obviously I, I'm taking a jury is still out approach on James Washington. I, I think all the, all the necessary things are there and he'll have an improved season. I, I also think, you know, with a rookie like Johnson, you gotta, you know, you gotta kind of pump the brakes on that a little bit too, just because he is a rookie. But I, I do agree with you guys. I think the overall depth is better. Uh, I, I have not heard a bad thing about uh, Dante Moncrief. In fact, everything has been yeah. super positive. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I think I think you know, uh, uh, Big Ben was saying the other day that that he he is just so impressed with him because he cannot get enough. He's trying to absorb everything. Um, you know, stays on the field longer, goes in immediately, sits down with one of the coaches, starts working over you know some of the calls, some of the different things that they do. Um, so you, you know, obviously optimism's high and and things of that nature. But um, you know, I, I would also going back to one of your other points too, Ben. Um, I agree about Juju. It's time to move on from the AB thing. Um, you know, and again, he can't help who asks him questions, but what he can do is he can start saying, look guys, I, I've addressed it. I'm done talking about it. It's time to move on. And I think that stuff will stop. But uh, until he does kind of make that, that statement, I, I think it's probably going to keep happening. Um, but you know, what, what are you going to do? I mean, that's, that's the media today. That's, that's what they, they want to get uh, uh, hot takes and talking points and all that other crap. So I'm not Disney totally sound bites, man. Oh God. Yes. God. Yes. Uh, especially ones that you can um, take out of context. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and, Those and are the best. Some, oh yeah. Do some spin with and Oh boy, look at what he said. And then when you look at the entire interview, it's like, Oh, well now I get it. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, th- things looking really well in that part. Um, what was that? What else was I going to mention on that? Uh, anyway, um, we're, we're going to do some different things tonight. A uh, little, little game of true and false. I think that's going to be fun. Um, I do want to mention guys, the, uh, the shirt from 26 shirts.com slash Pittsburgh is, uh, uh, cheers to Pittsburgh is what the shirt is called. It is a, a play on, uh, the, the famous cheer sign. Uh, from the famous TV show and bar up in Boston. And uh, it's, you know, Pittsburgh with that type of font. And then it says Steel City below. You can check it out on our website. And um, the the proceeds, of course, $8 from every shirt sold goes to a really worthy cause. And uh, this time around, it goes to uh, a young man named um, uh, Nolan Lowry. And uh, Nolan's dad, Brian, um, spent some time with us here at, at SCB. Uh, diehard Steelers fan, good guy, good folks. And, uh, you know, their son's gone through quite a few struggles uh, emotionally and, and just, you know, he's in, in real need of a, an emotional support dog. And those are not cheap. And just kind of talking with Brian, um, it, it's truly incredible the, the amount of support they're getting. But at the same time, uh, these dogs are really, really expensive to get. And, uh, so they they are working with twenty six shirts and and would love to 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 get one of these dogs as soon as possible and and so please if you consider the shirt please consider uh, the the good thing that uh, you're helping out with with Brian and, and his son Nolan with because it's uh, 
it's it's definitely I'm not going to get into a lot of the specifics uh, guys but um, th- this young man really really needs some help and uh, I know Brian and his wife would certainly appreciate it so um, other mini camp notes uh, guys um, what Ben you you posted something uh, this week in our in our message stuff that that we used to talk back and forth uh about boswell something that i couldn't tell if it was him saying it or somebody saying it about boswell do you recall that um no (laughs) crap what What was the context well i I can't remember it was something about you know going out there and hitting uh you know an important field goal or something like that and i i i had it in front of me and now of course i can't find it in my phone my phone's got too much crap on it um, so I, I'm not going to worry about it, but, um, it, it, was, it was something, it was like a screenshot of some, some quotes, but it just, I couldn't tell who, who had made the comments and, oh, uh, oh, oh, you know. um, it was just a, it was just a quote. Yeah. By Boswell. It's just the next kick. I know I've got to be better yeah. than last year, yeah. but I'm not even paying attention to last year. I'm just focused on my next kick. I'm focused on next Tuesday, which is my next team period. Just kind of going day by day, kick by kick. And I liked reading it because mm-hmm. it was, it was in my mind, him saying, I'm just focusing on the the picture in front of me, not what happened last year. Yeah. I'm not, you know, he's, he's gone back and he said, look, we, we always watch film and we always scrutinize ourselves and, and talk about what we did right and what we did wrong. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's going to be an ongoing process and it's constant. So, you know, that that's been done, but at this point I'm just, I'm moving forward and I'm, I'm thinking about the next time I go, I go out and I kick the ball. Yeah. And, and it's the right approach. It's probably the only approach. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine what we'd be talking about if he was, you know, uh, sitting there telling us that, oh boy, I keep thinking about these kicks that went wide this and the one I slipped. And I, I can't even imagine what the, the dialogue would be there. But, um, it, you know, uh, it, it's just, it's fascinating to me how, how uh, kickers uh, are like that. You know, they can, can be so great and then, and then it changes. But um, yeah, you know, obviously with the money he's scheduled to make, we want nothing more than to see him back into his 2017 form um but that's going to remain to be seen and and we we talked about it on the last show a little bit about the the competition that he'll have in there with Matthew Wright coming in and you know we won't really know until training camp just how serious it's going to be but um um it it is uh it is interesting uh nonetheless um one other uh mini camp uh type topic too um Devin Bush, um, they seem to be piling a lot on his plate right now, both in terms of what they want to see physically, but just as importantly, uh, mentally. Um, You know, Chris, I mean, the the Steelers had a tradition for many, many years of not putting rookies on the field right away defensively. And that has obviously changed a lot in in the post-Dick LeBeau years. But do you get concerned at all about how much they're doing with him? Um, physically, um, maybe a little bit. I, I think that, um, what they go through in college in terms of strength and conditioning is a bit different than, uh, in the pros. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, I just want him healthy, um, honestly. Um, but when you look at the, um, things like the playbook and things of that nature, mentally, I think that he's more than well prepared. Um, his dad's been a co- his coach almost yeah. his whole life, I think. And, um, 
I think he's a, he's a true student of the game. I think he enjoys um, those, those kind of things. You know, reading the playbook, just knowing the terminology. I think that's why a reason why they drafted him as well. Um, just loves football and loves those kind of things. So um, physically, maybe a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but other than that, not really. Okay, yeah, uh, Ben. Do you have any concerns about Bush and what what they're piling on him right now? No, no. I, I honestly don't have any concerns at all. He's got. He's got five weeks between when this mini camp breaks mm-hmm. and he's got a report for training camp. Um, he's going to have to do a lot of conditioning between now and then. But yeah. if he's if he's overtrained his body, I mean, and some of you are aware of that term and some of you aren't. But basically, it's just a question of having had too much activity and your body being run down and beat up. He can rest. Yeah. He can rest over the next five weeks. And he can get caught up on that, on the, on his recuperation, you know, and then, and then get into some, some conditioning, some physical conditioning, because he's going to have to run and be in great shape when he gets into camp anyway. So he's going to have to condition between now and then, but um, I really don't have any concerns at all. Mm -hmm. My, my concerns are actually the, the, if, if I had one, it would be the opposite of, of Chris's. I, um, I'm sure he's well prepared. His life has prepared him well for the role he's going to be asked to play. But until I actually see him go out and successfully diagnose offenses and make mm-hmm, reads mm-hmm. and call the the proper defense and make the correct fit adjustments with all the other players, especially the guys in the defensive front, I'm not really going to be convinced. I remember uh, Ryan Shazier trying to play that role when he was a rookie out of Ohio State, and they thought a lot of the same things about him, and he struggled. He yeah. he didn't really do it very well, and that's part of the reason that when he was injured and came back, they didn't put him back in the lineup right away. They were like, yeah, you're going to have to hang back here, and we're going to play you when we feel like you're ready. And and he took it. He took the news just fine. You know, he, mm-hmm. he'd been a starter, got injured, and then he lost his spot. But he took it fine. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens. I think they're, they're trying to pile as much as they possibly can on him to see what he's capable of and challenge him. And, and they should. He's a first-round yeah. pick. Right. There, there's a lot that comes with that. And uh, I, I agree. I, I think you just kind of keep feeding it, feeding it, feeding it. And, and you know, these coaches have been around the block. They'll know when it's either too much or they'll know when he can take more um, and, and just kind of go from there. And, you know, it's funny, you're, you're talking about the conditioning stuff. And um, obviously the Steelers, and, and we heard this with guys like Juju, um, and we, we've heard it with other players in the past who have shown up to training camp in outstanding physical condition. And um, it's almost kind of become a, a, a laughing point for Mike Tomlin because they think they're in great shape, but they're really not. And they don't really hit it until that next year. Um, so it's even even with the reduced load of training camps, um, um, you know, compared to past years, it is kind of fascinating to to still understand just how conditioned these guys have to be. Uh, so, you well, know, remember last be- year there was a there was one maybe two players who who yeah failed their conditioning and they got cut. Yeah, and then you know, one was brought back later. Lineman. Yeah, yeah, Correct, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's they don't they don't joke around with that stuff. They expect you to be in shape. I mean, that's that's all part of it. Um. 
But uh, guys, let's uh, uh, if if we can, I would like to play a little bit of this true false game. And, and what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to just just give you a statement, say true or false, and then the other person can either agree or or can 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 go in the complete opposite direction. Neither one of you, just for our studio audience here, neither one of you know the questions I'm or the statements I'm going to make. Um, so, so there is no prep, none of that stuff. This is all flying by the seat of our pants, and uh, which we hardly uh, ever do. We, right, yeah. we never fly by the seat of our pants, as you can tell by my well-scripted <laughs> choreography, um, yeah, or something like that. But here we go, um, Chris. I'll uh, I'll start with you. And, and here is the first true-false statement of the day. Vince Williams will not be a Pittsburgh Steeler on opening day 2019. True or false? 2019. That would be this coming season. Wow. Um, I would say false. He's definitely going to be a... Uh... A Steeler, he's going to be starting for us opening day against the Patriots. Okay, you 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 have uh, no uh, doubts about yeah. that. You feel very positive yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, I think I think there's no reason to to believe that he shouldn't be. I um we talked today on Slack about something, and uh, the, mm-hmm. the reason why is I was perusing uh, there's um, other depth charts, and I saw Washington Redskins can can really use a linebacker, and I started to think, you know, we can't trade Barron. Um, mm-hmm. And we have Bush, and you know who who else? This is that. And I said, well, you know what what could what could Vince Williams fetch in a trade? Um, so that's that's why I, I assume yeah. you're asking the question. Yeah, yeah. You know, I uh, I can't come up with these things on my own. I need as much help as I possibly can get. So I, I, I scour <laughs> everything. Uh, ben, do you uh, agree with that assessment that uh, Vince Williams will in fact be a Pittsburgh Steelers on opening day? Yes, he will be, and okay. I. I have read this a handful of other places and it's because there's been speculation by writers like Ed Bouchette and Jerry Dulac that uh, Mark Barron and Devin Bush will be the opening day starters. Um, One speculating about something like that in May Mm -hmm about what's going to happen in September without even seeing a single snap of camp is dumb. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Two, uh, you know, you guys got to realize the reason they're putting that out is to try and get a reaction out of you and promote themselves in their account <laughs> and you're falling into it. So hey, good for you. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't, I don't charge for my information. Yeah, I get it. Uh but I, I might, I'm just listening. I'm talking to the readers, the listeners rather. Um, sure, sure. But, you know, I don't see any reason to put Baron <sighs> overview. Vince Williams yeah. is the run stopper, okay, right. at the buck. The Mac is the coverage linebacker, the linebacker who runs from sideline to sideline. That's Devin Bush. Trying to stick Mark Barron in there and make him the buck, make him the run stopper, make him stack and, and shed blockers and and plug holes is trying to, to pound a square peg into a round hole. It mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. I don't see it. Unless they, they change something dramatically 
with the scheme and start covering linebackers again by using their line, their D linemen to hold up blockers like they used to do back in the old days with Casey Hampton and Aaron Smith and Brett Kiesel. But I don't Mm -hmm. see that happening because their D linemen are good and they're disruptive. So they're not going to change the way those guys play. So it doesn't make any sense. It follows to try and make Mark Barron that stack and shed linebacker. It makes no sense. So I don't see it. No, I don't either. And just at his weight, I mean, he would, he would, God, what, what is he? Two thirty-five. I think he's lighter than that. They, yeah, and they asked exactly. him. They asked him to play lighter than he played last year in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Um, question two, or true false statement two. Ben, I'll start with you. Um, Chris Boswell is the opening day place kicker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. True or false? True. And Jordan Barry's back too. <laughs> he throws that little caveat in. Yep. Uh, Okay, all right. And, you know, I'll throw one more in. Steelers fans are pissed about it. Mm-hmm. Or some. What's that? Some were pissed about it. Well, about Barry? About Barry and Boswell. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, Chris, do you uh, also subscribe to the theory that Boswell will uh, continue to be the kicker? Um, I do, but um, I'm here to play a little devil's advocate. Um, oh boy! I'll say I'll say Matthew Matthew Wright um, takes the reins, and on, uh, I'll say why. Um, we all know Boswell struggles. We don't know if they're over or not. So there's there's that. Um, also, the Steelers were, were prepared to cut Boswell if he didn't push back his um, his yeah. bonus. So they are uh, apparently comfortable with Matthew Wright at kicker, uh, and they're also comfortable with cutting. Boswell um, outright as well, and and taking that hit that money, so um, you know with those factors, and and you know we haven't seen them kick, but um, mm-hmm. you know the the chance that um, you know we don't want that to we don't want 2018 season to repeat again, and um, no. so hopefully um, you know hopefully I'm wrong, but I, I'll say Matthew mm-hmm. right. Okay, all right, there you have it. Uh, statement three. Hang on real uh, quick. Can I just oh, piggyback oh, onto that really of course. quickly? Of because, course. Uh, the landscape has changed in terms of of how bad the hit will be. Mm-hmm. Um, Boswell's roster bonus is no longer guaranteed. So he has a total of $4.8 million in bonus proration remaining on his contract, which would mean... If they if they cut Boswell this year, mm-hmm. it would still count one point two million against the cap, which would actually gain them three million dollars on the cap in, in terms of cap space for the twenty nineteen season. But next year he would count three point six million and he uh, would not be on the team. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. So that that's these are things to, to think about, you know, right. in that scenario. Anyway, what's your next question? Uh, statement three, uh, Ben, uh, I, I'm going to throw this one out to you. This is uh, Joe Hayden, um, 30 years old, would like to retire a Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers player, excuse me. Uh, true or false, they will re-sign him, uh, and he will finish his career in Pittsburgh. Uh, I think... I think there's a possibility that they will extend him before this season. Mm-hmm. Um, depending 
depending on how much money he's willing to accept. Okay, so yep. I've heard, you know, rumblings that Hayden's one of the guys that they're considering, you know, extending this year because they like him. They they like his leadership ability. They like him in general. They obviously they like his ability. He's still the number one corner, but he is thirty years old this year. Yeah, and yeah. you know that's something to be be aware of, be weary of, and. Mm-hmm. He may want to bet on himself and just play out this last year and then see how much he can make next year. Um, I don't think the Steelers are going to offer him $10 million a year or $9 million, which is what he signed for when he came to Pittsburgh. Right. Right. I, I think it'll probably be, you know, it'll be closer to $8 million, eight five, maybe between 8 and 9 which right. isn't great money for corners. Okay, no. but basically they're going to look at it from the standpoint that, sorry, bud, you're kind of getting to the year, you know, where cornerback skills start to deteriorate. We want to keep you around. We like what you do for our younger players. We like what you do as a person in the community. He gets involved in charity and everything else. He still does stuff back in uh, in Cleveland and also in Florida. So they yeah. like him a lot. They want to keep him, but they're also going to be realistic about how much they're willing to pay the guy. So uh, let's say I give it a 50, 50 shot that it gets extended before the season. Um, And then does he get a new contract after that? Uh, Probably. (laughs) Chris, your thoughts. Um, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here, but I'm, I'm a huge fan of what, what Ben just said. Um, yeah. Uh, with the depth at what it's at right now, um, you know, oh, it's tough. But uh, Joe Hayden he needs to stay healthy. That's number one. Number two mm-hmm. is as mm-hmm. athletic ability. Uh, you can see it's not. Uh, you know, he can't run with Tyreek Hill um, and, and and players like that. You see the yeah. guys in Baltimore with um, who they have over there, Hollywood Brown and Miles Boykin, both in the what four three four four area. I mean, you got to yeah. be able to run with those guys nowadays. Um, so um, I, I think yes, but um, also if no, I think he retires. Well, you know, he's been dinged up and, and he, he, boy, he's such a good guy and uh, he seems to be such a good fit in Pittsburgh. Um, I, I'm with both of you. I'm, I'm really torn on, on that, but it's, it's hard. I've, to... I've met Joe Hayden. Uh, okay. And uh, what, what did you think of him when you met him? Well, we were in uh, Cleveland for a uh, uh, an Indians game, and he was opening yeah. up his uh, his shoe store. So we went in there. Me and my friend, we had our Steelers hats on. He was on the, on the Browns. Yeah. Uh, so we were like, "Hey, you want to take a picture?" He said, "Yeah, cool. You got to turn the hats around, though." We're like, "Oh." oh. Yeah. So we did, and we took a picture. I'll uh, I'll send it to you guys in the in the, in the group I've chat. Seen it. Uh, oh yeah. That uh, was pretty, I... pretty cool. He was really cool. He was he was really really cool. I may have to question your fandom because I would have chosen not to be in the picture if, if I was going to be forced <laughs> to turn my hat around, you know, uh, well, that, and Chris is also a fan of the Cleveland Indians. So yeah, that's, I mean, I'm wearing, an, I'm wearing an Indian shirt right now. Yeah. See, so he, he's actually a supporter <laughs> of Cleveland teams. So that is true. that's another reason you yeah. could be a secret Browns fan. uh yeah worse things right uh okay one more of these and uh here it goes um 
Chris, true or false? Bud Dupree will lead the Steelers in sacks in 2019. Lead the Steelers in sacks. That is false. <laughs> I don't think I don't I don't think he's top four. I think that TJ Watt, um I think Hargrave, I think um Hayward, and I think Devin Bush beat him in sacks. Whoa. There's a bold one. Wow. Okay. Well he's never uh, he's never top six sacks. Well, well, that and Bush has got really great burst. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked, honestly. I mean, because he's if he when he does blitz, it's going to be on those delay blitzes, you know, where you're you're coming around the the yep. buck who's going in first, and then you're whipping around him and going in, and what should be a hole. And man, he's got a heck of a burst. Yes. That quarterback, if he's got a, if he's got a clear lane at him, the quarterback has no shot, none. So I think Chris is onto something here. I I really didn't intend to ask that. I just couldn't resist after something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, and give us so some much... reasons why he's leading the Steelers in sacks. You got to get. No, I don't. Oh, no, I don't. He's uh, not going to lead the Steelers in sacks. He's no, not gonna... no, he's... no. I mean, think about this. Think about it. And and yeah. again, I, we've talked about this before, and I don't want to belabor the I... point, but he produced. Almost as well as Javon Hargrave, but played 413 more snaps than Jay did. 413 more snaps than Hargrave. He did not produce produce nearly as well as as T.J. Watt. And T.J. Watt, he dropped back in coverage more than any 34 outside linebacker in the NFL. Okay? Yeah. And, And had more holds that weren't called against him fewer opportunities to to sack the quarterback but got there uh, and bud wants to talk about all these almost oh well i almost had this and i almost had that and it would have been that that happens to every single edge player but yeah. sorry you don't get to count those okay you know somebody uh, it was chris garman he's like man you know yeah. if if we counted holds that prevented sacks James Harrison would have had four sacks per game for his entire career. <laughs> and he's right. He's dead yeah, right. Yeah. So those don't count. You didn't get there. And it's something that, that Ian has pointed out in a number of times is mm-hmm. that the number of double-digit sackers, the number of double-digit double guys in the NFL that, that get double-digit sacks yeah. every year has remained remarkably stable for over a decade. It's yeah. statistically significant. And Bud is not one of those guys, and I don't expect he's ever going to be. Um, I, I do think that he would be better suited for a Jim Schwartz-type wide nine alignment where he could play 40, 43 defensive end, and all he's got to do is run straight at the quarterback. But he's not in that defense. No, so no. it is what it is. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Well, um, did you guys know that his best, um, well, almost his, his best season um, in college was at linebacker. It wasn't even at defensive then. His best statistical year. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he he actually had a almost he almost had a hundred total tackles as a linebacker, uh, thirteen t- tackles for losses, and um, seven sacks as a. Sophomore at linebacker. Yep. Just a little tidbit there. 
Well, you know, it's tidbits like that, Chris, that make you so valuable to the team. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I, you know, I, why the Steelers don't experiment with that, I, you know, I don't know. They got their reasons. I mean, they experiment with lots of things. But, you know, the bottom line is so, somebody tweeted something today, and, and, of course, I can't find the damn tweet, but it was really, really good. It, you know, it talked a little bit about what Ben was alluding to is, is you know, he, he gets held – but he, he he gets around the edge, he gets close, he gets this, he gets that. And the person said, maybe at the end of the day, the talent just isn't there. And, you know, yeah. I, I, I can't no. argue that. No, can't I mean, that. That, that, that encapsulates it right there because, yeah, I mean, basically the difference between being a successful edge player in the NFL and not being one is a tenth of a second. And if oh, you are yeah. consistently a tenth of a second or more late, you're not close. The only thing that I, I will consider close is a quarterback hit. If it's a quarterback hit and it wasn't penalized, okay, you were close. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. count those. I'll take those. You're right. That was close. But then how many quarterback hits do your contemporaries have? And then, how you know, by comparison yeah. to you. Yeah. And, no, and if, I, you're, I, if your number is much lower than theirs and your sack numbers are also much lower than theirs, Sorry, buddy. You you got you don't have a gripe. You you need to yeah. figure out what's going on and and take care of it. And with Bud, those aren't mental issues. They're not. It's not. Yes, his pass rush moves are not great because he doesn't right. convert speed to power very well. But his limitations are defined by his physicality more than they are his his mental makeup and his emotional approach to the game. So I, I don't have a lot of hope for him. I don't know about you guys, but I just don't. Well, I, and I speak for, I think, all of, you know, both of you guys and, and everybody. I, I think I, I want nothing more than to come on a podcast at the end of 2019 and say, my God, was I wrong about Bud Dupree this year? I mean, yeah, I, I would, it benefits I, you and it benefits yeah, me too. Absolutely. It benefits I agree. the Steelers. I, I mean, you know, but, but, you know, we, we look at these guys, we spend so much time, you know, analyzing what they do well, what they don't do well. And, and, you know, we just don't see it. And, and I think that's where a lot of other fans are, are at too, but yeah, we, we'd love to be proven wrong. That's, that's part of why we do this, you know, um, guys, we are uh, just about up against it here uh, on the Steel City Blitz uh, Steelers podcast. And, and again, uh, please consider uh, the latest shirt, the uh, Cheers in Pittsburgh uh, t-shirt benefiting Nolan Lowry. And uh, again, uh, his dad, Brian, uh, a former member of, of SCB, diehard Steelers fan. And, and I know his, his wife and I, or his wife and he would really, really appreciate uh, any help you can give to help out their son uh, as much as possible. So um, I, I do just want to add one more, one more little thing here. If I hear anybody else complaining about the women's soccer team running up the score and celebrating too much, <laughs> I'm going to snap. Okay. Th- these, these women, holy crap. Okay. Do you see these how women, Alex Morgan is? Good Lord. She is a very attractive young lady, Chris. Yes. Okay. Now, but that's not my point. No. By the way, there was a Norwegian girl today that that should not have been penalized and she was and she was very attractive as well but that belabors my point these girls work their entire lives to get into the the world cup and i don't care if it's one nothing or if it's 12 nothing if they score a goal i don't give a crap what they do to celebrate they have earned the right and hey thailand spend more money on your program 
if you don't want to be embarrassed at the World Cup. Uh, you know, get better players, do something. My dog could have done a better job in goal on a couple of those shots. Uh, you know, I, I mean, but stop ripping on these poor girls for celebrating too much. Oh, my God. That's it. Okay, rant over. Guys, any last parting shots, Chris? Um, Ola Denny over Bud Dupree. That's my brand this year. I love it. I love That's it. That's what you're, you're hoping for? Uh, that's just my brand at the moment. That's your I, I brand. Like, well, Ola's got to beat Ola's got to beat Chicolo first, who allegedly had giant bone spurs removed from one of his ankles, and Jeez. apparently was having issues with that ankle all year last year. I don't think it's going to make him a better run defender, yeah. but he's the third outside linebacker right now. Ola's got to beat him before he can beat Bud. Uh, my last thing was just that Alex Morgan used to live here in Portland. Um, saw her in a restaurant <laughs> one time. And, yeah, Chris is right. She's smoking hot. Trail of fire when she walks. Hi, Alex. And on, the, and on that note, uh, you've been listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And, hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck. <laughs>